So um, the passage is Acts chapter 8, verse 26 to 40. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go towards the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot. And he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation, for his life is taken away from the earth? And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip opens his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Okay, well keep that open in front of you, we're going to, we're going to be referring to it as we, as we go through. Um, but we're going to start by thinking about, um, the, the whole service today is going to be about sharing the good news of Jesus, sharing the gospel. And I want to think about where that starts. And so first of all, I want to talk about how sharing the good news of Jesus starts with obedience. Okay, sharing the good news of Jesus starts with obedience. Ready? We're going on a bear hunt. We're going to catch a big one. What a beautiful day. We're not scared. (laughs) Some of your faces, right? Don't worry, I'm going to explain. It all will become clear. (laughs) We're going to go on a bear hunt, right? What's the first thing that needs to happen? What's the first thing that needs to happen? Go on. Preparation. Okay, before that. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a clue. The first thing that needs to happen is, is we need to agree to go on the bear hunt. If, if, we, if, we don't want, if we decide we don't want to go on a bear hunt, there will be no bear hunt, right? There must, there must have at some point before this story started been a conversation where mum and dad said, oh, let's go on a, what are we going to do tomorrow? We're going to go on a bear hunt. Kids, do you want to go on a bear hunt? And the kids would have said, yeah, yeah like that. Now, Philip, okay, he's not going on a bear hunt. He's going on a eunuch hunt. Okay, he doesn't know that yet. But, but this eunuch hunt is going to res- result in a heart change, okay, a heart change as he gets to know Jesus. But before, before this miraculous change in this journey needs to happen, what does Philip need to do? He needs, he needs to agree to go. 
right? So, so let's look at the start of this journey. In verse 26, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. So God says to Philip, Philip, go on a journey into the desert. Uh oh, a desert. A hot, sandy desert. Okay, and if you know the book, we can't go under it, we can't go over it, we've got to go through it. But Philip doesn't say those things. In fact, he doesn't even ask why. If, if I said to you, um, George, after the service, let's go on a journey into the desert, you'd probably say, well, well why? What for? He doesn't, Philip doesn't do that, he, he just goes. So, sharing the good news of Jesus starts with obedience. That's what's needed before God can use us to tell other people about Jesus. Okay? None of what we're going to look at today would have happened if Philip had said, no, I'm not going to go. Imagine if he'd done a Jonah. He could have done a Jonah. He could have said, I'm going to go the other way. I'm not going to desert. I'm going to go to the nearest oasis and find a sunbed and eat pineapples. But he didn't. Now... Why? Why is he able to do this? How come he can say, yes, God, I'll start this journey. I'll go into the sweltering desert with no idea why I'm going there. Well, the reason he can step out is because his heart has been changed by God. Philip, he believes in Jesus. He's been saved and therefore the Holy Spirit is living inside him. So he has faith. And he trusts that God has a plan. He doesn't know what it is. He doesn't know he's going to meet the eunuch. But he goes because he trusts that God has a plan. His obedience is linked to his faith. Okay, the Holy Spirit living inside him will help him to trust that God will be with him to the ends of the earth. And meet his needs, that he needs to do that. And sure enough, we're going to see, God provides all that is needed for the gospel to be shared through Philip. And so for us... Those of us who are saved, Jesus calls us to tell others about him, doesn't he? We know it as the Great Commission in Matthew 28, where Jesus says to his disciples, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And what we have to do is we have to say, Yes, God, I will follow you wherever you want me to go. Whether that's to step out into the road outside my house and talk to a neighbour or travel to Vietnam, whether that's to invite a colleague round for dinner, or go knocking around, door knocking around the estate on a Sunday afternoon. And the reason we can say yes is because we've been saved by Jesus and therefore his spirit lives inside us. And what Philip discovered, and what we're going to discover today, is that God will provide all that we need, and all that is needed by his spirit living inside us, as we seek to tell others the good news of Jesus. And so for the early church, who would have read this first, okay, they were being persecuted, they were being hunted down. That would have been a massive encouragement for them to see how God works by his spirit living inside them. And what I want today is to that be the same for us. Okay, God is with us and will help us as we seek to make his gospel known. He's a generous God. Okay? And we're going to start by singing about that. Our first song is singing about God being a generous God. So we're going to sing Generous King together, if I invite Zach and the band to come up. Uh, In order for this journey to start, Philip had to say yes. 
Okay? And so we've said that for the gospel, the good news to be spread, it starts with us. We have to say yes. And, and as we continue Philip's journey then into the desert, we're going we're gonna to look at three things that God does, that God gives, that is needed to make his name known. Okay, we're going we're to find three things. And we need to remember that these things aren't just for Philip in the desert at this time. Okay, these things are for us now in this time as we seek to make Jesus known. Okay, so first of all, to share his good news, God provides words. That's the first thing we're going to think about. Okay, we're going on a bear hunt. We're going to catch a big one. What a beautiful day. We're not scared. Uh Uh-oh, a river. A deep, cold river. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. Oh no! We've got to go through it. What do we need? What do we need to go through the river? Suggestions, welcome. Courage, okay. I'm thinking more I'm thinking more physical things, but that's a great answer. Boat. A boat, okay. Alright, let me see what I've got in my large box. <laughs> Who found this? <laughs> right. This yeah, I'm gonna have to use a bit of imagination here because this this boat's not gonna carry uh, four people across the river, but um, it's symbolic, yeah? Okay. Now, this situation, okay, we're going on a unit hunt. We're going to catch a big one. We're not scared. Uh Uh-oh, a tricky bit of the Bible. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. We've got to explain it. What do we need to explain it? Words. Okay, so God's going to give us words. So our boat in Behar is symbolic of words. You, if you're thinking I was delirious when I thought this up, you might be right. <laughs> Hopefully by the end it will make sense. Okay. Philip's not in the desert for a holiday, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't go to the desert for a holiday. He's there because someone needs to hear about Jesus. And that person is the eunuch. Now the eunuch, he's been worshipping up in Jerusalem. He's on his way back from Jerusalem. Which tells us he believes in God. He's gone to the temple to worship. He believes in God... But he doesn't quite yet understand, and he doesn't yet know Jesus. Okay, he believes in God, but he doesn't yet know Jesus. But he wants to find more. He wants to find out more. He wants to find out more about this God that he knows. And the way he's trying to do that is through reading the Bible, which is a great way to find more about Jesus. The problem is, he's picked, to, to the Bible that was available to him in those days, he's picked a pretty tricky passage to look at. And what's more, when questioned about this passage, he wants to know what it means. Now I was thinking, it's, it's a good job he's not British. Because if a British person was reading this and, and someone came up to you and said, do you know what it means? You'd be like, yeah, yeah I'm right, I'm fine, I'm fine. So, so it's a good job he's not British. But what he says, he says, I need help. Okay, and fancy that. Who's here? Well, God's led Philip into the desert. Called by God's spirit, Philip said, yes, I'm going to go. And now God gives him further instructions. Look at verse 29. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. 
Now it's clear why Philip's here. The faith that Philip had to go into the desert has become sight. He's there to explain the gospel to this eunuch. And Philip knows how to do that. Because he knows Jesus. Some of you might be thinking, well, he's, he's got to have had some sort of qualification, right? He must have gone, he must have studied at Cornhill, Cornhill, Jerusalem. Or maybe he's been to Oak Hill College, he's done a three-year theology degree. Well, don't think so. As far as we know from the book of Acts, Philip was an ordinary guy who went and served in a, in a church. And, and in fact, Acts tells us his qualifications... Um, In chapter 6, verse 3, as part of the early church growing, they're choosing people to serve in the church. They call them deacons. Okay, And Philip is one of the people chosen. And and it tells us the criteria. In Acts chapter 6, verse 3, it says, Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute. That's the first thing, good repute. Full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. Now, if you're a Christian, that's you. Now, let me show you how. There are three things that should be part of our Christian walk anyhow, right? A good reputation as we live according to God's ways. If we live according to the Bible, we should have a good repute. Full of the Spirit, because we're saved. When we become saved, we're filled with God's Holy Spirit. And secondly, true wisdom. Where does true wisdom come from? Well, the fear of the Lord. So three things as a Christian we have. And so therefore, like Philip was, we're qualified. And now God gives Philip the words to tell this searching heart about the gospel. Now let's let's be clear, there was not an easy starting point. Okay, let's look at what the the eunuch was reading. Okay, let's read it together. So we're going to read it all together from just verse 32 and 33. Okay. Three, two, one. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before his shearers is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. Hmm? Okay. Now we're wishing we had that theology degree from from Oak Hill, right? Philip probably was too. But they didn't need it. Okay? Because he's got the Holy Spirit living inside him. And God will provide the words that he needs to explain the Bible to the eunuch. Okay? Look at verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. He opens his mouth, that's important for speaking, you can't speak with your mouth closed. But what he does is he tells the good news of Jesus. He doesn't preach a long, theologically complicated exegesis on Isaiah. He speaks the good news of Jesus because he knows Jesus. God led him to that desert road and gave him the words to speak the good news of Jesus. So, recap time. Christian faith recap time. What is the good news of Jesus? Now, you should have a brown envelope fairly near you. Tommy has done, I hope, I haven't looked in the envelope, so (laughs) Tommy has hopefully done an amazing job. Now, there's 10 statements, okay? There's 10 statements that that tell you the good news of Jesus. Find someone that worked with the people nearest to you, okay? 
and you need to put them in order. So open your envelope and put those 10 statements in order. Okay, ready, steady, go. Thank you, Verena. Right, don't worry, I'm not going to go through the answers to name and shame. But um, this is what we believe, right? This, this is a simple set of basic statements about what we believe. So it doesn't have to be complicated. Okay? Uh, and, and the other thing is, um, we read, I think it must have been about a year and a bit ago, Rico Tice wrote a really helpful book called Honest Evangelism. And we, some of us read it as part of a book group. Uh, and he broke it up into three things. Three things that God, will, God can use to help us with our words. And the first one is um, Jesus' identity. So who he is. The Son of God, God made flesh. Jesus' mission, so why Jesus came, as an answer to guilt and death by providing forgiveness and eternal life. And the third thing was Jesus' call. So what he wants from us, to give our lives and serve him. So Jesus' identity, Jesus' mission, and Jesus' call. So it doesn't have to be complicated. Okay? And God will give us the words we need. Philip, he was an ordinary Christian, an ordinary guy serving in a church. A Christian who heard God's calling, who said yes, and trusted that God would give him what he needed to explain the Bible. And we can be the same. We can trust that God will give us chances to tell people about him, and when he does, his Holy Spirit living inside us will give us the words that we need. So, we're going to sing about this good news. We're going to sing about the good news of Jesus now. This is a, an old hymn that I remembered as I was thinking about it. It's called Tell Me the Stories of Jesus. I don't know whether any of you know it, but um, we're, going to, we're going to sing through that now. Okay, we're looking at three things, three things that God will provide that is needed to make his name known. Okay, this is the second one. So first of all, we talked about words. God will give us words. The second one is... A changed heart. Okay? That's them going through the river, by the way. They didn't use a boat. They waded through. Okay. We're going on a bear hunt. We're going to catch a big one. What a beautiful day. We're not scared. Uh-oh. Mud. Thick, oozy Mud. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. Oh no! We've got to go through it. Okay, what do we need? What do we need for the thick, oozy mud? Suggestions? Wellies. Wellies? Anything else? It's no fun when people get the right answer first. Okay, hang on. Let me open my large cabinet. Wellies. Okay, now let's go to our story. We're going on a eunuch hunt. We're going to catch a big one. We're not scared. Uh-oh, an unbelieving heart. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. God's got to change it. Okay, so what do we need? We need a changed heart. Let me, let me attach my label. The welly. So the welly is a symbolic of the changed heart. I'm not sure how, but you know, it worked. So, now let's be clear, this, this isn't down to Philip, because God is clearly working on this man's heart, even before Philip is part of the picture. Remember we talked about how he's, he's been in Jerusalem, he's been worshipping God, who he knows and believes in, but he's, he's not quite sure what's going on. 
And in fact, when he went to the temple, he wouldn't have been allowed inside because he was a Gentile. He wasn't a Jew. So, so he's, made, he's made the journey to go to the temple, even though he would have had to stand outside and worship. Furthermore, look at verse 31. He wants to find out more about God. Okay, He's searching. He says, so Philip says to him, do you understand what you're reading? He says, how can I unless someone guides me? So he wants to know. He doesn't send Philip away. He says, how can I unless someone guides me? He wants to find out more. His heart is searching. Okay? He wants to understand what he's reading. Now, we don't know. We don't know what God's been doing in the hearts of people around us. When God calls us to go and speak to someone, we don't know what they've been thinking that morning, what God's put on their hearts, what they might have read. Okay? So God can prepare people's hearts before we even speak to them, before they even come across us. And that's something we can pray for before we speak to someone. We pray, God, please prepare their hearts. May, might they read something or think about something before I speak to them? And then Philip shares the gospel using the words God has given him. And it changes the eunuch. It's not Philip that changes the eunuch. It's not, it's not the words... It's not, it's not just the word it says. There's, there's a, God, a God transformation, a miraculous transformation of his heart. And he believes. He goes from kind of just knowing about God and, and kind of not sure what's going on to believing in Jesus, to acknowledging Jesus and who Jesus is and what he's done and having his whole being transformed by the work of Jesus. How do we know? How do we know that's happened to him? Well, look at verse 36. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? Now, he wants to be baptized. That's how we know. He wants to be baptized. It's a sign that his sinful life has been buried. He knows he's had his sins washed away by the blood of Jesus, so he asked to be baptised. Now, no coincidence, right? They're trundling through the desert. They're in the middle of a hot desert, and just when they need it, here comes some water. Okay, God provides from them. So in verse 37, the eunuch asks, and they go down to the water, and he's baptised. Now, okay, I get, I get that it's a very idealistic situation, most of us, I don't think, would ever experience someone being converted like this, where we have one conversation and all of a sudden they ask to be baptised in the River Thames. But that's, that's, not what's, that's not what's important. Okay? What is important and what would have been an encouragement to the early church is that God saves. It's God who changes people's hearts. It's God who changed the eunuch's heart, using us as his servants when we say, yes, God, I want to go, and I trust you're going to give me the words to speak. It doesn't matter how eloquent we've been in our sharing. It doesn't matter if we've said, here's an explanation of Jesus, all through the Old Testament and the New Testament. It doesn't matter if we've stated the gospel in the simplest sentence that we know. Without the work of the Holy Spirit opening someone's eyes and changing someone's heart to see that they need Jesus, nothing's going to happen. And that can be hard to hear because we want instant results. 
We live in a society of same-day deliveries and instant noodles and things like that. We want instant change. We want every single door that we knock on on a Sunday afternoon to be opened up and have a conversation and then all come to church and believe and be baptised. But it doesn't work like that. We have to trust God's plan. It's God who does the work. It's God's timing. And that transformation might be something we see from one conversation, but it might also be something that happens 20 years down the line from a seed that's been planted in someone's mind in one of those conversations on the doors. So a searching, changing heart is the second thing that's needed. And God will provide that, but in his perfect timing, so that his name might be glorified. Okay, let's take a breather, sing another song. I'm going to sing of the amazing work that Jesus does in changing people's hearts. So, three things, three things that we need, that God will provide to make his name known. We've talked about the words that the Holy Spirit will give us. We've talked about God doing the work of changing someone's heart. So how does this all end? Well, a fairy tale ending would be that Philip gets in, gets in the eunuch's chariot with him, goes back to, to Ethiopia, does Christianity explored and discipleship explored, and helps him plant a church, and they become co-elders of a thriving church in Ethiopia. That's not the case, is it? And that doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter because of the last, the last need that God provides. So we've talked about words. We've talked about a changed heart. The last thing that God provides is a finished work. Okay? So, we're going on a bear hunt. We're going to catch a big one. What a beautiful day. We're not scared. Uh-oh. A cave. A narrow, gloomy cave. We can't go. We can't go. Oh no, we've got to go. Tiptoe, tiptoe, tiptoe. What's that? One shiny wet nose, two big furry eyes, two big, or ears, sorry, two big goggly eyes. It's a... What do we need? A torch. No, the bear. We found the bear. What do we need? A net. Okay, yeah. That's almost what I was thinking. If not a net. Okay, what what do we need? Wait, what do we need? We need a bear cage. Okay, now this one's one's probably a bit small. But... um, Okay, so to our story, we finished our eunuch hunt, and we caught a big one. We weren't scared. Uh-oh, leaving someone behind, we've just told about Jesus. We can't go. We can't go. Uh-oh, we've got to leave them in God's hands. Okay, because God will provide a finished work. So let me let me label the last thing and replace the previous ones. There's not actually a bear in there, don't worry. <laughs> okay. Now imagine Philip, okay? Try and try and step into Philip's shoes or Wellies. He's just he's just seen this eunuch 
have his heart transformed by Jesus. He's just baptised him in water in the desert. So he's going to be thinking, well, what's, what's next, God? What do you want me to do next with this man? Do you want me to show him a bit more of your word? Do you want me to show him some of the old, different bits of the Old Testament and how they point to Jesus? Maybe I could tell him some of Jesus' teachings, the Beatitudes maybe. But Philip doesn't get that opportunity. Look, look what happens to him in verse 39. This is, this is strange. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. And the eunuch saw him no more. That's, that's strange, right? He's teleported. And he's teleported. He's teleported 20 miles down the coast. By God. God takes him away immediately from that situation. To his next place where he's going to give him the words to tell people about Jesus. Does that matter for the eunuch? Well, no, it doesn't. It might not be the happy ending we were looking for. But the eunuch now has God's spirit living inside him. And I get the impression that he isn't too bothered either. either, Because it says, "Um, The spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. And he has every reason to. And I'm going to show you one one of the really cool things he would have read in Isaiah. Okay, so let's turn together to Isaiah 56. Um, someone, someone give me a page number when you get to it. To Isaiah 56, 616. Thank you. And we're going to read, we're going to read a couple of verses from verse 3. And this is what the unit would have read. And this, is, this is why he's rejoicing. So Isaiah 56, verse 3. It says, Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from his people. Let not the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus says the Lord, To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me, and hold fast to my covenant, so basically to the the eunuchs that follow what God wants, I will give in my house, and within my walls, a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. He knows, the eunuch knows, that his commitment to follow Jesus has changed his life, changed his future forever. He's rejoicing because he knows that a place has been prepared for him in heaven. He knows that God has given him an inheritance that will never perish, spoil or fade, that he cannot be cut off from. It doesn't matter that Philip's gone. His salvation didn't come from Philip. His salvation came from God, who now lives inside of him. And although the Bible doesn't tell us this, I bet that he went back to Ethiopia. And I bet that he told people what happened to him. And I bet that people became Christians because of what happened to him. And so for the people we come across, who we are blessed to see them come to know Jesus, it doesn't matter if we aren't there to see them through the rest of their Christian journey. God is with them, and he will bring the work that started in them to completion. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's summarise. So, the journey of God's good news starts with obedience. Starts with us saying, 
Yes. But we don't have to do it in our own strength. God provides everything we need to make his name known. We've looked at three things. We've looked at he gives us the words to speak. He gives us, or he gives, not, not us, but he's given us a seeking and changed heart. He gives the person we're talking to a seeking and changed heart, if that's his will, and in his own timing. And he will bring a started work to completion in them. So what does this mean for us? Well, if you're not a Christian, then this story of the Ethiopian eunuch, that could be your story. You don't have to be reading a complicated part of the Bible, but if there's any searching in your heart, if there's any want to know a God who loves you, any feeling that life isn't quite right, and there's something missing, then ask someone. Ask me, ask George, ask Kenny, ask the person that brought you today. Help me to understand. And that's something that that most people in this room would love to do. To help you understand, to help you see Jesus. And God will give us the words to do it. And if you confess the wrong things in your life, and if, if you believe in Jesus, then those statements, if you believe those statements we ordered earlier, then God will change your heart. And God will help you to live for him, even, even though it might be difficult at times. And you can go rejoicing, rejoicing, knowing you have an eternal future that you cannot be cut off from, that cannot be taken away from you. And if you're, if you're just going through the motions of coming to church, then, then I suppose you're kind of in the first part of the eunuch's journey, where he was going to the temple and worshipping, just kind of going through the motions of, of trying to know God. Maybe you believe there's a God, but you're not really sure what that means. Maybe you're reading the Bible just for the sake of it. Well, then you need to take the next step. Christianity is it's not about going through the motions. Faith isn't about going through the motions. It's about a change of heart, a trust in Jesus, and a willingness to love because he loves us. So ask God to change your heart. Ask him to show you in his word or through someone else. And if you are a Christian, there's a, there's a couple of things I think God wants to tell us today. First of all, rejoice in what he's done in your heart. It's so easy to let our minds get cluttered up with all the stuff that's going on in our lives. Whatever is going on in your life. If you're a Christian, remember your heart belongs to Jesus. He's changed you. And we can rejoice in that. That doesn't mean be happy. But we can rejoice in that, even through the toughest of times. Secondly, if you're a Christian, and you know God has changed your heart, be baptised. Like the eunuch. Baptism is such a good way to show that God has made you new. And the whole book of Acts is filled with people who hear the word of God, who believe, and God changes their heart, and then they're baptised to show it. So if you haven't been baptised, think about it. It's a great way to show that God's changed your heart. Thirdly, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you to opportunities to tell others the good news of Jesus. Be willing to say, yes. Yes, God, I will go. Trust that when that opportunity comes, he will give you the words that you need. He will change their hearts if that's his will, however long it takes, and whether you get to see that or not. And he will bring a started work to completion on the day when Jesus comes again and takes us to be with him forever. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray.
Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are a God who changes hearts, who opens up our hearts to be changed by you so that we can rejoice in what you've done, so that we can look forward to a future that will never perish, spoil or fade. I pray, Lord, for us as a church, that as we seek to to make your name known in this estate, help us to trust you that, that you will give us the words that we need to do that. In our, in our church situation, in our personal situations, at work or at home or at school, that you will give us the words. Help us to trust, Lord, that, that you can change people's hearts. Whatever they've done, you are a God who's changes hearts. And to trust, Lord, that even if we don't get to see someone who's come to faith, finish their journey, that you are with them. And you will bring those things to completion. I pray, Lord, that you would have encouraged us today. Encourage us to go out and to speak your good news, knowing that you are with us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.